It's time for ROTD Weekend. In the lead up to my big Quebec trip, I was getting a little bit worried about what would happen when I get back and I'm behind and have so much to catch up on. And so I decided to pre-record some of these weekend episodes. And so in that trend of timeline shifting that I was joking about before, I am recording this on March 9th, but it will be going live on March 25th. I will be back from Quebec by the time this goes live but I do not yet know how great the trip was. I'm pretty sure it's going to be great though. Okay, so what I'm doing today is sharing a conversation with you between me and Allie Doran, author of Venison Every Day, and she is the blogger over at Miss Allie's Kitchen. This conversation is actually from a couple of years ago. If you didn't know, I used to have a different podcast that was once a week, and they were just like interview shows, so kind of like this Saturday ROTD weekend episode that I do, but that's all that it was. It was originally called Time Management Insider, and then it was called Jump to Recipe. So this was back when it was called Time Management Insider. And you will see in my conversation with Allie that there was a little bit of a focus on like meal planning, time management. We talked a lot about venison and game. We talked about her cookbook, but we also talked about what was going on in her life. She just had a baby. How were they adapting to that? How do you write a cookbook with all that crazy life going on around you? So there is great food talk and all also some great life talk in there too. I know you're going to love this conversation. Hey Allie, how's it going? Good, Christine, how are you? I am great. So I want to start by asking who is in your household and who does most of the cooking? So it is myself. I'm Allie. This is my daughter, Madison, and my husband, Jared. And I primarily do almost all of our cooking in the household. Okay. And do you like cooking? I love cooking. I've had a passion for cooking and baking since I was, I've always had a passion for food. (laughs) Um, That started around her age. And um, I probably started cooking regularly around the age of 12 and um, absolutely love cooking. This evolved into creating a food blog and now I am a cookbook author. So cooking is my jam. (laughs) So what is your blog called? Miss Allie's Kitchen. So it is a collection of updated comfort food recipes and I work a lot with wild game. My husband is a big hunter. So we have a lot of different recipes on the blog. And uh, now Miss Madison is getting into eating wild game as a baby and all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, that's (laughs) cool. So you I just want to make sure I say this, you have a cookbook that is about game, right? Yeah. So my cookbook is titled Venison Every Day. And it's an approach to eating venison. So specifically deer meat, elk meat, um, antelope, moose in an everyday setting. So whether it be like breakfast, appetizers, snacks, like jerky, um, soups and salads, and then like the traditional venison dishes that I think a lot of people who've grown up hunting are familiar with, like roasts and soups and stews. So (laughs) that is what my cookbook is. And um, it published this September and we actually hit bestseller charts and Amazon. We sold out the book completely. So we are, yeah, we're gearing up for round two as of like today. The book is finally back in stock. And so it's going really well. It's very popular within the hunting community. 
Yeah, for sure. And so, okay, so you got into this because your husband hunts and so you have game meat. Do you have advice for people who don't have access to a hunter in their house? Like, is there a way to start trying and incorporating venison into our schedule? Yes. So this is largely statewide how it's available. So I know in Pennsylvania, there are a lot of laws and processes. You can't necessarily buy meat from a hunter if you don't have one in your life, but there are places that you can source venison from online. I order sometimes when I'm out of venison and trying to do recipe testing from a company called the Honest Bison. They're really great to work with. And I know some supermarkets, I want to say it might be like, ooh, I don't know, maybe Oregon or something. I I forget the states, but you can buy them in supermarkets. So um, it just, it really depends on your state. I'm in Pennsylvania and I know you can't buy um, because there's sanitization laws. However, it just depends. So I would check in your specialty grocery stores. A lot of grocery stores do carry bison now, not necessarily the same flavors. It's a little more beefy, but it's Mm -hmm. just something different to work with. You know, my recipes, my venison recipes, you can't cook venison like you cook beef, but you can sub beef or bison for my venison recipes. So it's just, you know, a little bit of preparation because beef is a little bit fattier, has different, a different flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Um, so I apologize. She's, you know, yeah, trying no. to keep herself occupied. I know. <laughs> so she is eating venison too? She is. So how I started to introduce it, she has had like stews blended up and then probably pretty soon we're going to start cooking her like pieces of steak that are, yeah, that are safe to eat. She'll just kind of be able to suck the juices. Venison is really rich in iron and has a lot of other great like protein sources, um, collagen and gelatin. So mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be good for her. So are you, so you have the cookbook venison every day and it, it's mm-hmm. showing people how they can incorporate it into a regular diet. And if people can source it, where is a good place for people to start? Like what recipe would be like a really basic, easy, like gateway venison recipe? So I have a couple approaches to this. A lot of people come to me that cook venison and they tell me they don't like the flavor. They think it's gamey and they think the meat is tough. Mm-hmm. So if that's you, I would encourage you to try, if you've got a copy of my cookbook, the Asian chopped salad. It doesn't necessarily mask the flavor of venison, but it enhances the flavor and it makes it something that's a little bit more flavorful and familiar. And But if you are like a classic venison lover, I'd encourage you to try my venison stew recipe on my blog or um, perhaps the uh, Swedish meatball recipe in my cookbook. People seem to go crazy for it. There's also a uh, healthier venison stroganoff on my blog and actually in the cookbook. Um, that was one that I included, Julie, that does really, really well. Is the stroganoff healthier because venison is leaner? Is that the idea? It is, but it also is a dairy-free approach and it uses coconut milk and like coconut sugar mm-hmm. instead of some like more typical ingredients and you can use Greek yogurt instead of sour cream if you'd like uh-huh. or you can use the classic you know additions that I think a lot of us are like definitely used to okay so Madison entered your life how many months ago now she'll be seven months in a few days okay so yeah she was born in July 
And how have you found the transition from being this like foodie household to having just there's an extra person to take care of and look after? Have you found that it's impacted your cooking routine? You know, it does. It does a little bit. I actually have a lot more energy now than when I was pregnant. Mm. My husband is actually a really good cook. I just never really gave him a whole lot of opportunity once we met because I was always just recipe testing and making something new. So we had either like fresh recipe tested food or leftovers because I'm a food blogger. But you know, he's probably taken over the meals once or twice. Um, He's really great at making salmon. He just kind of does stuff in the air fryer. He loves the air fryer. (laughs) Um, Yes, I know you love it. And he's probably made some of your recipes for me. He's a good cook, though, without a recipe. Mm -hmm. Um, Like he can just kind of make stuff up as he goes. So he will take over some of the duties. But for me, it's important that I have like those spaces so I can enjoy it because I actually really do love to cook. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been enjoying introducing food to her. So that's been really, really nice to like try to make meals that I think are nutritious for her and then myself. But it's just all about time management for me. So a lot of times I find myself starting things at like 3 p.m. and then just Mm -hmm. like letting it go in either the crock pot or I'll like prep roasted potatoes and then finish the rest of the meats when dinner time has come. So you feel like you're doing it at a slightly different time, like nap time or yes. just like it than you would have before yes. shifted. Um, so one thing that I really find is when I get my groceries now, something that really, really helps me is to um, wash all of my produce. Like I know some people might do that right away. It sounds really weird, but I used to just kind of like wash as I ate, but I'll wash all my produce and I try to organize my fridge on my Mondays so that, you know, when things get busy and I have her probably in one arm, I can just grab and go get something quick for myself, get something easy for her. Um, I try to like batch prep a lot of recipes for her and myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, some days are easier than others. <laughs> for sure. So I want to pick up on something you said that you are trying to find the pockets of enjoyment for yourself ah. in cooking. And I just want to leap onto that briefly because I talked to a lot of different people on this show and it's been coming up quite often that people who used to love cooking then had kids and it slowly became a chore and they kind of hate it. And so I'm wondering, on on the one hand, are you actually consciously doing that? And or how are you keeping the enjoyment in it? Like what exactly are you trying to do to stay having fun in the kitchen? So I'm definitely consciously doing it. I, like I said, I published a cookbook in September. I was on a shorter timeline. So the book actually was, I was working on the book from about September of 2019 to the end of January, 2020. Mm-hmm. And writing a cookbook and or creating like a mass amount of recipes burnt me out a little bit. So, (laughs) but cooking is a necessity, you know, you have to do it. Um, at least unless you, it's fine if you want to like eat out all the time, but that's just not really feasible for us and our health goals. So what I found is a, I needed my husband to step in a little bit and then, you know, I had to take time to create recipes and make things for dinner that I enjoy. So every once in a while, I will go through a favorite cookbook or look back at like an old recipe that I used to eat a lot when I was a kid. And I just try to make something that makes maybe takes the pressure off of me to like get something out the door that, you know, feels like quick and rushed for me. It's just trying to create space for myself to be creative. 
mm-hmm. and kind of lean on somebody else's expertise for once because, mm-hmm. you know, creating recipes is my job. So yeah. that's one way I really feel like I can find enjoyment is just trying to make time to be creative and follow somebody else's direction. <laughs> yeah. So that makes sense. Lose yourself in someone else's recipe. I know. I mean, obviously, I've tested lots of recipes over the years too, and it can become this thing that we started as a hobby that we loved suddenly becomes this amazing <laughs> career. And then it becomes yes. a you must do it even more. And then it's not fun anymore. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So and you know, I don't ever want it to get that way. I love it. I know you love it. So you know, it's just trying to uh, make sure it stays fresh. I think anybody who's a creator probably feels that whether you're an artist, um, or a writer, just have to find ways to keep things fresh. Did you do the photography for your cookbook? Or was that hired? I did. Oh, that's a whole (laughs) I I can't even like the, the the levels of like testing the recipe, getting the recipe just right. And then you've got to make it look perfect during the right time of day if you're using natural light like all of that can really suck all of the all of the joy (laughs) away I know and it was one of those things where um, you know it was a completely separate contract with my publisher because they obviously have photographers that they work with so I was able to put my hat in the ring Mm. and they ultimately selected me in the end you know just especially with a cookbook on wild game it's like I said it's not impossible to get venison Mm -hmm. if you don't have a hunter in your life but it can be costly if you need that much Right. So I mean, there was there's like over 50 recipes in my book. So getting that much to like a professional photographer in LA, probably a little bit different than my husband going out and us using up his harvest. So that was a huge factor. And I just thought, you know, it would be neat for my first book to create everything myself. Yeah. And it. (laughs) I'm glad I did. (laughs) I cannot say if I write another book that I will be doing that again. Yeah. But um, so it was a time commitment, but it was really cool to be privy to the entire process, soup to nuts of creating a book. So that was cool. Yeah, well, that's super exciting. Congratulations. I I, I know, you. I mean, I know your work very well. And you do such beautiful recipes and beautiful photography. The book is, of course, oh, thank you. Stunning. So how often do you eat game like as a household normally? Like what is the is it every week? Is it regularly? Is your freezer stocked full? I can't, I'm trying to wrap my head around what this looks like. Oh, yeah. So we primarily eat it like once a week, once every other week, mm-hmm. because we have so many great recipes we love. I try to make it last longer. Mm-hmm. And I love to have like burgers in the summer. So I like to actually leave some. We have a large deep freezer and it is very unfull. <laughs> my husband likes to get, he has like butchers that processes the meat for us right now. We do not have the space to do it ourselves currently we're working to having a space where we can do um, the processing of the meat like basically butchering ourselves so he gets some made into like jerky sticks and then the rest I request different cuts of the meat and um, just one deer and our deep freezer actually doesn't put too much of a dent (laughs) you know he's very selective and selective I don't even know the other way I would describe it wall abiding I guess (laughs) in the way that he makes his harvest so we just have the one deer that we're working from for this year Um, but you know my father-in-law if he gets one or if my brother-in-law were to get one 
they probably don't want the entire deer. So I will get some of that. You know, we had a friend that actually harvested a bear. So I had last year, I had a bear Mm. (laughs) and my freezer that I worked through. um, And then my dad and my husband both hunt pheasant. So I do have pheasant in there on occasion, but that normally comes in and goes right out because it's pretty popular in our house. So I'd say we're eating wild game about once a week. And so when you're doing like meal planning, I guess I want to know how Mm -hmm. you do meal planning, but I want to know if it's, if it's slotted in the same way like I would do like okay we're having uh, chicken thighs on Monday we should probably have fish this week let's do that on Tuesday Uh, I do want to have some ground beef we didn't have any last week let's try do that on Friday we'll do some steaks or something and I'm kind of like shifting around where my proteins fall to try and have variety is it just like an extra thing that's slotted in there or are you saving it for special things like yeah how does that work yes so I do it exactly how you do it and we generally do like salmon on Monday or Tuesday so that's kind of a gimme. And that's the one that like my husband will primarily make a lot. So if I have a really busy day, typically my Tuesdays are pretty heavy. So he'll commit to creating like the salmon meal. And you know, it does depend where I want to fill it in. Like if we've had a good amount of red meat over the weekend, maybe I'll wait till like Wednesday or Mm -hmm. Thursday. But if we have like a special occasion, or you know, we have Super Bowl this weekend, Mm -hmm. um, I just created a new like a venison barbecue sandwich, like a beef barbecue pulled beef barbecue sandwich, basically, you know, if we wanted to have something like that, I'd make sure that the game was like slotted for a special day. But other than that, uh, it just kind of gets filled in wherever we're feeling like it. And do you start a lot with like what's in your freezer? Because you have this big deep freeze and you have this the game and the pheasant and everything going on in there. Are you always kind of like, okay, I'm going to start with what we have here before you start grocery shopping for other things. Is that kind of the starting point? Yes. And, you know, we made a really big commitment to when there was a meat shortage. Mm. I guess that was what, April um, yeah. 2020. Mm-hmm. We decided we were not going to purchase any meats from the store other than like what we desperately needed because uh-huh. we still had that large amount of bear and a little bit of venison from uh-huh. the previous fall. So we do make a significant effort to consume the least amount possible from the grocery stores to A, like leave enough for others who don't have the full freezer that we do and B, just to cut down on like consumption of commercialized meat. Oh, interesting. Is that it's a philosophical uh, standpoint that you prefer the meat that you're getting over the processed or the commercial meat? We do. We do. Um, You know, I... I guess I'm sort of a realist and I think commercialized production of meats um, is just kind of, I don't know, it's a a societal norm because of the amount we consume meat. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with consuming commercialized meats, but I think if we have the budget and the means to purchase more sustainably sourced meats and or use what we have sourced ourselves on hand, that's just going to make a bigger and better impact on the environment Mm -hmm. and the state of things. So, you know, it's just something that we try to do personally. I love that. So Allie, where can people find you online? I mean, I'm going to put a link to your book, Venison Every Day, in the show notes. But where else can they find you if they have venison questions or if they want to see what you're working on? Where's a good place? Thank you. I really appreciate it. So my website is MissAllie'sKitchen.com. 
I am very active on Instagram as well. So you can find me at miss.allyskitchen on Instagram. Um, I'm pretty much storing every day. Mm. I like love, 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 love my audience there. So if you have questions, I respond to every DM and or email or comments on the blog. That's a great way. But if you want, if you have like a burning question and you need a pretty quick answer, um, pretty much seven days a week, I am checking my Instagram stories, things like that. So um, go ahead and DM me there. That's fantastic. We get our own um, venison expert on call. Yeah, (laughs) I'm on call. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you so much for talking with us today, Allie. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Christine. As I listened to that conversation on the day before leaving for Quebec, I realized that I am probably in for some delicious game while I'm away. I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for it, and I'll be thinking about Ali when I find it for sure. I will put the link to Ali's cookbook, Venison Every Day, in the show notes for this podcast episode, and also to her blog, Miss Ali's Kitchen. And make sure you check her out on Instagram as well, Kitchen. There is so much delicious game going on there. Her beautiful daughter is on there. Not a baby anymore. Big smiles all around. I love it. Now, usually at the end of this show, I give you a sneak peek into what's going on in our kitchens and on our websites. We're a little further out as I record this than usual, though. So I do have a good idea what we're doing. It is subject to some change. I can tell you, though, that in the test kitchen. We are doing some browning sauce. This is used to make gravies taste better. We're also developing a really, really savory onion gravy recipe. We're still on this Vidalia onion preparation kick I was telling you about because we're doing some work with real sweet onions. So much oniony goodness going on in our kitchens these days. We're even putting some whole onions in the Instant Pot peeled, unpeeled. We want to see what happens. Can we make something amazing out of these delicious onions? And then the other thing that we're testing this week is chuck eye steaks, which is one of my absolute favorite cuts. It's really inexpensive, juicy, and tender, so we are perfecting that. Going up on Cook the Story this week is that hot honey chicken sandwich. We've also got a white gravy recipe. This is the kind of gravy that you get with like sausage and biscuits, nice and peppery white. And those delicious fried potatoes and onions that we've been working on. We have perfected these. They are so insanely good. That is going up this week as well. So keep your eye on Cook the Story for all of those tasty recipes coming your way. On the Recipe of the Day podcast, we have some more recipes inspired by our sponsor, Zoop. Good, really good. We're doing a Mexican lime soup, Sopa de Lima. I'm telling you about a Southwest skillet dinner, and there is a delicious seafood pasta on Friday. Make sure you are subscribed to this show, cookthestory.com slash ROTD, or search for Recipe of the Day wherever you get your podcast. If you're subscribed, you will get all the recipes that I'm talking about this week. There is a new one every single day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend. I'm Christine Pittman from cookthestory.com, thecookful.com, and from this podcast, Recipe of the Day. Let's get cooking.